So we come to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 3, a time to heal and a time to kill. I remember back in the early noughties, it must have been when uh, Carolina and I and Tim and Amanda Lord led the youth group. We put on an event called, very creatively named, The Event at the old Whitbourne Chapel. And it was just an opportunity for the young people to do their music and invite their friends and to just kind of reach out into the community. And I remember one week when Amanda brought one of her friends who had been struggling with meningitis, she was very, very unwell, had lost a huge amount of weight, very weak, arrived in a wheelchair, hadn't been able to walk for a long time. And there was just something about the moment. There was something about the word of God that had gone out, the songs that we were singing that caused faith to rise up in her heart and in our heart. If I remember rightly, myself and Tom Smith, we went and we prayed for her. And I remember just saying to her, do you believe that you can walk? And she said, yeah, I believe that I can. And so we, we, we took her hand and we lifted her out of her wheelchair. And almost instantly she began to walk and run and dance in the Whitbourne Chapel. In fact, the following Sunday she came along to church and the meningitis really affected her eyesight. And we began to pray for her eyesight. And at first she could just see like kind of blobs of color, really blurry, but then her eyesight began to be completely restored from that moment because our God is a God who heals. God loves to heal. And we see in this verse, this, this promise that there are moments of healing. There are moments where health breaks out. But, 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 but what about this other concept? I mean, it says a time to kill. Really? A time to kill? Well, first of all, you need to understand that it never uses the term that we would use for homicide. It uses the term for warfare. It's this idea that we are called to a battle. And Ecclesiastes is a fascinating book because Ecclesiastes is part of the Hebrew wisdom literature. It follows from Proverbs and Proverbs is very much about cause and effect. If you do this, then this will happen. It says if you act wisely, then you things will go well for you. And Ecclesiastes takes a little bit of a more cynical approach. In fact, it, it is very much written as a piece of Jewish satire. You have two characters in the book of Ecclesiastes. You have the critic and you have the author. And and there's this kind of debate that is going on between them and the critic is quite caustic quite cynical he's basically saying no matter what you do in the end it, it, it all ends up the same for all of us so he has these three themes of the relentless march of time of uh, chance coming to all of us whether you're rich poor old young no matter what chance affects all of us and lastly that we are all going to die now I know that's not a very positive exciting message for you on this Sunday morning but the reality is that the statistics on death are very impressive none of us are going to make it out alive and that's very sobering because that means that we we review our days in light of that fact and he goes on and in fact in verse 11 of this chapter he says that God is above it all and God holds it all together and has a place to eternity in our hearts but Ecclesiastes is all about us seeing the myriad of greys between the black and the white and so this portion here, it's poetry. So in Hebrew, the actual Hebrew there, it rhymes. It's harag, eth, paraz, eth, rafa, eth, banach. And the whole of this section, it all rhymes together. And it's all about this ebb and flow of the positive and the negative that we all face within our lives. And so here we see these two positives. There's a moment where, where we're going to have to fight, where we're going to have to go to war, where we're going to have to stand up for what we believe in. And 
my great concern in our generation is that we haven't had to fight. We haven't had a world war that we've had to walk through. And so when something comes against us, we're not battle ready. It says in, in Judges that God left the, uh, the, the, the people in the land when the children of Israel went into the promised land and that he didn't drive them all out in one go because the children's children were going to have to learn to fight for themselves. And it's so easy to live on the testimonies of yesterday. It's so easy to live on what others have fought for you and I to experience today. But make no doubt about it. We were born into a world at war. We were born into a world that desperately needs you and I to stand up and to fight for what is true. We don't fight the way this world fights. In fact, Paul says that the weapons of our warfare, they are not earthly. They are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. The way that we fight, if we want to know how to go to battle, we look at Jesus. And Jesus, far from being meek and mild, as we have so often been sold this image, Jesus was savage. Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven suffering violence and the violent taking it by force. Jesus overturned the tables of the moneylenders, the mafia control over the temple. Jesus constantly set himself on a path where he was in the face of the religious elite. And Jesus picked fights everywhere he went. You and I need to stand up for those that don't have the strength or the right or the ability to stand up. Right now in Colombia, there is a fight going on because of the needless, senseless death of Javier Ordonez in the streets of Bogota. It has created a spark that has caused people to rise up and to fight. And yet tragically, they are fighting in ways that are only stoking the fire. You and I need to stand up with the weapons of love. It was John Perkins, the great civil right activist, who said that love is the final fight because love never fails. You and I need to stand up with those weapons. Because you see, the greatest, most savage act of violence actually released the greatest healing in the earth. On Golgotha Hill, his blood dripping into the dust, Jesus raised up his voice and said, it is finished and released into the earth the healing of mankind, the healing and redemption of the nations. So what is God asking you to put to death in your life? Jesus said that we are to be violent with our sin. If our hand causes us to sin, we're to chop it off. If our eye causes us to sin, we're to pluck it out. He was using hyperbole to say, get violent with the things that trip you up and stop you from being who my father has called you to be. So what do you need to fight in your own personal life, in this nation? What is it that God is saying, lift up your voice on behalf of others? Because could it be that as we do that, as we kill our minds so we can really live, as we stop just living for ourselves, that we will begin to see healing break out around us like never before. So let's go into this week with that attitude of being battle ready. And let's go into this week looking for ways that we can release healing everywhere we go. God bless you.